Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another cloudy January morning, some Sunday morning, maybe in May, the sun will shine again, but uh, proud of you all for getting up and those for joining us online. The first question this morning, this is a responsive question, show of hands, how many would say, I'm a good gift giver? Comes to gifts, I'm a good gift. Well, a few people raise their hand and their spouses are like, no, you're not. That's a, okay, that's a little awkward. We'll work on that later. You know, honestly, I have no idea. My wife, Jacqueline, is an amazing gift giver. So when compared to her, I really don't know if I'm a good gift giver or not. But uh, the question was asked online recently, what is the worst gift you've ever received? What's the worst gift you've ever received? And here are a few of the responses. This was the first one that we saw. That is a dove. And one person said, when I was nine years old, my uncle gave me a taxidermy dead dove for my birthday. No explanation, no sentimental meaning behind a dead dove, just a dead dove. Another person said this, they said, at Christmas, my wife and I have been married for 20 years, and my mother-in-law gave me a book about surviving infidelity. He said, we have never been unfaithful in our marriage. Merry Christmas, everyone. Another person uh, said this response. My sister got me a rat as a gift. She said, I'm terrified of rats, but I decided to let this be a moment to overcome my fear. It's a bad decision. The rat escaped one night, and I woke up with it chewing on my lip. She said it was a thoughtful gift in the sense she was trying to help but it made my fear so much worse. And the last one we have from this list of worst gifts you've ever received. This is a box of cigarettes, in case you didn't know that. Uh, this is what he said, and my ex-boyfriend gave me a pack of cigarettes after I had quit for three months to celebrate my progress. <laughs> Keyword there was ex-boyfriend. I think we could understand why that was the case. Well, today we're in our second week of our series called Living the Life from Romans chapter 12. And last week, Pastor Chip talked to us about how we're called to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Well, today as we talk about how God wants to equip the church, we want to talk about how you have a gift that God has given you. Do you join me in prayer? Lord, I thank you that you are the best gift giver. And that you have given us salvation in Jesus Christ, but Lord, you have given us so much more. We pray that as your word goes forth today, that you would speak through us, and that we would receive, or you would speak to us, and that we would receive that for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, before we jump into the section that Paul talks about gifts, there is a little bit of a bridge verse here in verse number three. Uh, And this is going to lay in the foundation for the rest of our sermon today. So in Romans 12, 3, it says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So here's our bridge verse. So between presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, being transformed by the renewing of our minds, into the, the, the section about the church and gifts. 
Paul says here that we shouldn't think of ourselves more highly than we ought. That there are times that each one of us deals with pride. Pride puts the focus on us. We think of ourselves more highly than we ought. Insecurity, on the other hand, is also another form of ourselves. When we think less of ourselves, we also are living in pride because the focus is on us. But when we come to Scripture, we need to look at it like a mirror and not say, oh, what is God's word saying about the people we don't like or the people we don't agree with? But how is it speaking to us? And at times it will correct us and rebuke us, and ouch, that hurts. There are times it speaks God's truth to lies we believe, but God's word is active. Verse 4, Paul continues on. For just as each of us have one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. A very common theme from Scripture, from Paul's writings here. We are a part of one body, many members, one body, many parts, different roles and function, but in Christ, we are one body. But that phrase there at the end, we are one body belonging to each other, gives me a little bit of pause. My dad and grandfather were ministers when they were alive, and in the churches growing up, there were some real pistols, some real jerks in our church, and I know there's none here, but in the church, there can be some really interesting people, and you're telling me that we belong to each other? Isn't that interesting? I don't know. That makes me a little nervous. That makes me feel a little bit vulnerable. So when we walk in our flesh, not as God has called us, it is vulnerable. But the church, friends, when we walk in the Spirit can be one of the most beautiful and powerful things on the face of the planet. Because we care for each other. We look out for the vulnerable. We, we want to share the good news that we can be moved from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And so in the context of our gifts, we see that as one body, one church, we belong to each other it's not about i live in a silo it's not about me making myself just happy and living in my own world no we belong to each other you belong to me and i belong to you and god has given us gifts verse six we have different gifts according to the grace that's given to each of us there it is According to God's grace, he has given you a gift, a free gift. Now, we associate that with salvation. And yes, God has given us a very free gift. We could never earn our salvation. But more than the free gift of salvation, God has given you a gift. And it's a gracious gift. It's an amazing gift. So it begs the question, what is your gift? What's your gift? What's the gift that God has given to you? Well, on Friday, Adele and I, we like to try out new restaurants. It's something we enjoy doing together. And we heard about this restaurant called Eden and Kissy down in Bashford Manor off Bardstown Road. Somebody had told us about. Had the chance to meet Kissy. She's the owner there. I asked Kissy, I said, Kissy, what is your story? She said, I uh, grew up in Paris, France. I was selling clothes for a lady, but I would always cook for my church in Paris. And I was having a time that I was praying and fasting, seeking, God, what do you want me to do with my life? And I had a dream of me being in a restaurant kitchen with a tall chef's hat, and I woke up and I said, I don't want to do that. 
So she said, I prayed and fasted some more and said, God, what, what's my gift? And I had that dream a second time. She said, I kept on my life going in Paris, but then we were, came to Louisville, we moved to Louisville, and I kept cooking for my church, and people kept saying, hey, you have a gift here to cook, you need to use this. And so she said, finally, I remembered that dream and thought, I need to open a restaurant. So she and her son did January of 2020 right before the start of the pandemic. Before I'd even tasted that food, I said, if you're still in existence, uh, when you started, that says something. And I'll tell you, she does have a gift. I want to prove it to you. These are her smoked chicken wings that were some of the best I've ever had in all of my life. But you know what I love about that story? Kissy said, here, I'm going to use a gift that God has given me and she started small. She's opened a little hole in the wall place that she is serving. And she told me, she said, Josh, Eden means presence of God. And I believe the presence of God can be in this restaurant. And they were as I ate those chicken wings. They were that good. <laughs> they were that good. But for her kissy, she prayed and she fasted. She sought. First, she didn't want to claim her gift because she didn't think that she wanted it to be. But as she blessed other people, she learned something amazing that came from it. It's much easier to discover our, discover our gifts when we're trying to serve, trying new things. In an internship we, I had in high, for high school students in Tulsa, we said, we want you to serve with the youngest of the young to the oldest of the old because you will find places where you are not gifted. And that's good. It's good to try out a new place and think, you know what? That's not my gift. Because as you continue to try new things, you will discover areas where you are gifted. When Peter was sharing the gospel with Cornelius, he said this about Jesus in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It said, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. But that phrase there, how he went around doing good. Jesus went around doing good, and as he did, he had opportunities to heal people and to break the power of Satan because he went around doing good. There is something that happens when we start to go, go out, to step out, to try to use our gifts for God, that good will happen from it. But as much as we sit back, close the door, as much as we are reluctant to use our gifts for God, or to explore that our interests are not just for ourselves, but are meant to bless others, good will happen. I knew of two people, one in Tulsa, one here in Louisville. They had an interest, they loved football. So on Monday nights, they would open up their home. Here in, in Louisville, they would make a pot of chili every Monday night, and they'd invite students in to come watch, and at halftime, they'd talk about Jesus. And so in the middle of that simple interest of football, they used their gift to help lead people to Jesus and help form people to Jesus. And sometimes we make it too like, oh, a gift, it has to be something big, it has to be recognized by everyone, it has to blow up on social media, it has to be validated in so many ways. But what God is simply asking you to do is in those areas where you have interest or passion is to think it's not about yourself, it's about how can I use it for the glory of God. Uh, this past May, I had the chance. You guys know I'm a weather nerd. I love weather. I've been a storm chaser since 2003, and it's kind of been my own area, thing I use for me. Well, I started having this thought, well, what if this isn't about me? What about using 
my gifts for others. So this past May took a group of pastors. We took, went storm chasing uh, across the central plains. And what was really fascinating, I think we got a picture of that, but um, what was really fascinating about it, I want to read this quote from one of the guys who went. This guy could care less about weather, okay? It's not about you. It's not about your gift. It's about blessing others. This is what he said after this time. Being on a quest for a storm showed me so much of what God wants to do in me. Refreshing and renewal, faith stories, making memories with friends that will last a lifetime. And just sitting in his presence, it gave me time to think and breathe and dream again. You may have interest that you think have nothing to do with Jesus, but Jesus wants to use those interests, those passions, and connect it with the gift of God to lead, to encourage, to disciple, to use it to bless others. You see, it's not just, okay, I have my Jesus life here, and the, the gift is just for this little Jesus circle. No, it's in every area of your life. It's in your baking, your shopping. It's in whatever you do. God wants to use that to bless others and to bring people in to use your gift for his glory. Well, Paul goes on to start listing some of the gifts. He says this in verse number six. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I really believe this isn't an exhaustive list of gifts. Now, elsewhere, Paul mentions specific roles, officers, the callings in the church. But in here, Paul is listing a list of different ways that you can use gifts for the glory of God. But friends, there are so many reasons and obstacles of why we don't use our gifts. It may be time. I don't have time to use my gifts. It may be I don't have any opportunities to use this gift, or I don't even know what my gifts are. My gifts aren't affirmed, or my work culture is so toxic. My boss doesn't see it. My church won't give me the time of day. Hello, we are in the middle of a pandemic. And yet, I think God speaks a word to us today, and he says, use your gift anyway. Use it anyway. Sometimes your gifts are revealed in tough times. Some of you discovered gifts in the last 24 months. You didn't know you could multitask so well between working from home and overseeing NTI and trying to manage life. Sometimes it's in the challenges that would prevent you from using your gift that God is going to show you the way that he has equipped you to bless others. And so use it anyway. I think a prayer that is very powerful to pray during this is simply a morning prayer. God, today, give me opportunities to use my gifts. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? God, give me opportunities to use my gifts. And as God gives you those opportunities, jump at it. But as I meet people, and sometimes as I search my own heart, this next picture kind of shows me what it looks like. This dog is determined to not take a bath. <laughs> this dog is going to do whatever it takes to not jump in. And I think that's true sometimes when it comes to using our gifts. We become very reluctant. We don't want to know the time commitment. We don't want to know the stress or the responsibilities. Or if I do it right and I do it well one time, they're going to expect me to do it all the time. And so we are this reluctant kind of holding back. But friends, just jump in and start using your gifts. 
You've got an interest in something. How can you use that interest to bless others? That may be a gift that God, the creator of the universe, has given you, and he wants you to use it for your glory. So when we fail to see that our gifts are for other people, what we think is that our gifts are just for ourselves. You are not awesome because you have a gift. You are awesome because you're a child of God who's created You are awesome because God is awesome and he's chosen to give you a gift of his grace, his presence, salvation, and a gift to bless others. So many times we think we are not good enough, we're passed by, we're looked over, we're forgotten, and yet the God of the universe says, I've given you salvation and I delight to give you a gift of grace. It's amazing how many uh, birthday parties that when you have, and when it's like the 20th in the month for a, a, of one of your kid's friends, you're like, do I really want to buy one more gift and give one more gift? We can become reluctant in giving gifts, right? When we feel like we're being asked to do it all the time. But God is not reluctant in giving you gift. It was his delight to give you interest and passions that he can use for his glory. He's not holding back, thinking, okay, I've got to give him this something because I gave somebody else. no. God loves you and delights in you and he's uniquely created you and he's calling you to step up, show initiative, jump into the game. I want to go back to the end of verse eight here where Paul is talking about the gifts. He says, if your gift is giving, give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. In these last three examples that Paul gives, it, does, it, it transitions a little bit from use your gifts till it talks about how you use your gifts. It talks about your attitude when it comes to the way you use your gifts. Because your attitude matters in the way that you use the gift God has given you. I have to be really careful. Sometimes if I'm using gifts for uh, after a while or if I'm tired, my attitude around the gift may not be good. When the pandemic hit, I had the chance to uh, edit Portland Christian's Chapel. I love getting to video edits so I could watch it for the first few months. But as it went on, I found myself, my attitude, it, it, was, it started to not be good. Oh, I got to do this again. Oh, what's this? And I became very reluctant, just kind of, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Can this pandemic end so we can move back to, so they can move back to in-person chapel? I'm tired of using my gift. Friend, it was a gift, right? But was my heart in the right place? No. The gift was a free gift from God. He's given it to you generously. But he wants us to have a good attitude, a cheerful attitude that says, God, you've given me this gift and I want to use it always for your glory. My friend Brandon in college, um, he had a great gift when it came to construction. Um, Anything to do with construction, despite his young age and his early 20s, was incredibly gifted with it. We were on a mission trip and uh, we were working in this uh, restroom to kind of renovate it. And I remember he was painting and he was, had his body contorted around the toilet, was reaching up to a place that nobody would ever see. And he was painting it just as excellently as he would if, if everybody was going to see. And it just struck me in that moment, Brandon wasn't reluctant to, oh, can't believe I have to lay here behind this toilet and paint this place. Nobody's even going to see it. But he did it with a cheerfulness, with a joy. It's been amazing to see how God has blessed him and given him even greater and greater opportunities 
to where now he's the CFO of a company in, in, in uh, Lake Tahoe that he was elevated to at a very young age. And I think part of it was he knew his gifting, but he also did it with a happy attitude, and God blessed him. So your attitude matters. When we don't use our gifts, the body of Christ is incomplete. For you thinking in terms of, of singing, if it's a duet and you only have a one person on the stage to sing a duet, it doesn't really work if there are more than one part. But when we all sing our parts, it becomes something beautiful and meaningful. And the world takes notice. Lisette Oropesa is an American soprano. She decided to sing the song La Traviata in an encore when she performed in Italy. Well, that opera is a duet, but she was the only one on the stage. And a duet doesn't work when there's only one part, but I want to show you what happened next. In the, state, in the audience of the opera hall just happened to be a Chinese opera student who knew that exact role and sang that exact part and not leaving her on the stage to stand there awkwardly while that part should have been sang but was in silence. He stood in the back and he sang that part and he fulfilled that duet. Friends, there are parts that God has called you to play. If you'll look and say, how can I use my interests, my passions, for the glory of God. God can do great things. Don't let, because it may not be as great as somebody else's, rob you from doing what God has called you to do. Not only will you find joy as you step out, the body of Christ we find will be blessed as you too. God has given you a free and precious gift to be used for the benefit of others with a cheerful attitude. Let's pray. Lord, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. I pray that today, God, we will become more convinced than ever that you delight in us so much. You have given us a free and gracious gift that we can use to bless others. So God, I thank you that you are here today. You are speaking. You are moving in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.